0: everybody to edge of the rabbit hole. I'm author and ghost historian Mike Ricksecker. With me as always is my co-hostess Vanessa Vanessa Hogel and down in the chat room our chat moderator quarantine ghost shaking everything up down there. We have a fantastic show coming up for you tonight artist and writer Howie Noel is with us. Uh, many of you probably recognize him from the Terranormal web series, done a number of other things as well. Uh, he's contributed to the uh, top, uh Paranormal magazine, uh, WWE Raw, so many other uh, projects that he has been involved with that we'll get into and talk about. Howie, thank you for coming on the show. Great to have you.
1: Oh, thank you both for having me. It's great. Great to be here. Yay!
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, uh Normal, I've been running over ten years now. Um, that's really how I found you, you know, years ago. I know we've chatted a little bit here off and on uh, over that time. So um, really, we were talking about a bit before the show. You know, kind of uh, you know your inspiration starting as as a younger guy. Um, of course, there's you know always that um, you know, kind of that legal stuff that kind of came up here recently. is, uh, I got to get Howie on the show finally, um, so. <laughs> <laughs> Controversy so, creates cash. Right? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> well, you know, I I see that and being a writer, I, you know, I always understand that pain of somebody trying to, you know, piggyback on your work or take, you know, the name of something that you've done, but you know, you've been at this uh, Terra uh for over 10 years, you've been drawing, you know, what pretty much your entire life, but um so tell us about Terra Normal.
1: Sure. Uh Terra Normal is a supernatural superhero. And what I try to do is take real life uh, paranormal you know technology, equipment, uh, stories, real real life things and then combine it with a comic book world so that the the real life stuff then gets used, you know in the comic and nobody does that. So whenever you have a paranormal comic, usually it's very, you know lots of demons and stuff. it, it basically does ghostbusters. So what I try to do is, what if there was a real-life paranormal uh, investigator, but she just had these uh, superpowers that she uses specifically to show ghosts are real, and the her main goal is to prove they're real, prove they exist, get the world to awaken, and what are the consequences of that, and that's what we're finding out in the next chapters of the book.
2: Very cool. I, that is a completely original concept. I've never seen anything like it.
1: Oh, thank you. That's what I was going for. Yeah, it's uh, it's when I first started, there were not like ghost books, you know, there was always ghost stories, of course. But like in comics, specifically a paranormal investigator, there are, of course, you know, uh, lots of supernatural detectives. You know, Doctor Strange is great Mm -hmm. things like that. Hellboy, of course, is a big influence, you know, and then Monster Hunters. So like Buffy the Vampire uh, Slayer and, of course, Scooby-Doo that's a great you know paranormal investigator of comics that I love so I wanted to take all that and also take the real the real world stuff which I enjoy like like ever all the paranormal investigators I get influence me and inspire me and then I like I love going that's why I love going to the conventions Uh, I love meeting people and meeting new readers but also getting to hear everybody's stories and looking at photos you know like like uh what you guys do in real life is such a big inspiration to me and i just hope that i can give the best tribute of it in in a fantastical sense
2: now you know what Terra normal needs Uh-oh. she needs a red-headed psychic
0: sidekick <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay okay so,
0: I will, I will, I will.
2: preferably younger looking a little bit thinner and i wouldn't mind being a little bit taller
1: there's a list of demands I see. Is- <laughs> <laughs> people has to be drawn. There's always a list.
2: Just, just make it better than I am. Okay, <laughs> just try. That would be wonderful. As a
1: caricaturist, I'm used to these uh, these rules being laid down. Uh, people usually say the same thing. So yeah, so what- I'm part therapist part part. If artist. you
2: want to make her old and short and chubby, you go right ahead. I just don't think it'll sell. okay i'm just saying um real quick i I do have a quick question for you um i I must apologize first because i have not read it so i do but i am going to as soon as we're done here um have you is it just paranormal or have you delved into the cryptids or ufology or anything like that with her
1: oh yeah yeah uh Everything is in the book, especially the new the new book, uh, which I, I happen to have a copy right here. It's uh, the Terranormal Complete Webcomic Series. This is actually on Amazon right now. Very uh, this cool. Was successful. This is our recent successful uh, Kickstarter and Indiegogo campaign. Uh, yeah, there's zombie dogs, and there's uh, a baby Cthulhu, there's aliens, there's all kinds of things. There's a goat man, uh, a wow. major Goatman, which is Marilyn's uh, version of Bigfoot. And yeah, the Goatman is a big part of the series. And uh, we actually went looking for the Goatman. And I've got several firsthand accounts that helped shape uh, the story. So yeah, she delves into everything with the paranormal. So it's not just ghosts, but there's ghosts, demons, creatures. Uh, she fights the New Jersey devil in a news story that I put up on my website. That's an exclusive right now. You can go read it. Uh, so she fights the new Jersey devil. And basically anything and all will get covered. So if it's paranormal, the entire scope. So yeah, cryptozoology and also aliens. I love aliens. And of course, they're on the, you know, aliens are on the cover of the new book. Uh and Tara has uh alien origins, let's say, because that's you know, cats out of the bag anyway. So she has that connection. So yeah, it's the entire world of the paranormal. We're interested in not just ghosts, even though it's a big part.
2: Very cool. Very cool. That, that just tickles me. I'm just so excited. (laughs)
0: Yeah, Yeah, I know Vanessa, Vanessa's really happy anytime. Yeah. Yeah. Vanessa's always really happy whenever we bring a uh, artist on the show. So, um, And, and Howie mentioned his site there, so uh, definitely check that out after the show, hcnoel.com. I did put the link down in the description, and Quarantine Ghost is also putting the link there in the chat. And we are getting uh, some questions in, and something I was going to uh, ask you, and Judy Wilson kind of asked the same thing here, um, you know, what brought you into writing about the paranormal? Did you have something happen to you? So, you know, what's kind of the genesis of your interest in the paranormal?
1: Yeah, I've always... Uh... Even since I was very, very young, I was always into you know ghost stories and and horror. I always loved horror. Uh, I f- find it as an escape. So I like I grew up with the '80s movies. So something like Lost Boys is huge yeah. to me, and and, and Ghostbusters and uh, Ghoulies, uh, specifically Ghoulies Two, is one of my favorite movies. Um, <laughs> and I uh, I believe my house growing up had something going on with it as far as ghosts because there was just it's a very old house it was creepy we had that creepy basement like an it you know where he would hide that kind of broken not a cool uh basement like i have now in my house where you can actually go down there and hang out this thing was like straight out of it where you get on the steps and it's that cold muddy floor cellar thing uh so yeah and i had experiences growing up uh specifically haunted like one time i was with my ex-girlfriend and we went they were they were a house sitting for a male witch hmm. and that's that's how good stories start right and he had a of course he had a pet spider he had to go feed and his he said something was in his apartment i'm like oh whatever because you gotta act tough you know you gotta act like oh I'm tough or uh, i wanted to act tough for my girlfriend and uh they were like we can't get this one door to open And i was like oh let me do it and I went to go open it and it was pulling back. So not a normal lock. You know when something's pulling uh-huh. back. And yeah. I was like, we should probably just go. Like I was like, we should probably go. And uh as we as I backed away from it, it opened and breathed, you know, with a mm. <sighs> and I'm okay. like, let's leave. We turn out the lights, they turn back on when we're out. You know. So what we did was we all got together and threw a big party there to mess with it a week later, nothing. Nice. So that's what you get. That's what <laughs> that's what happens.
0: So if, if you're uh, But
1: now looking back. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so that, if, that's
1: the things shaped me growing sure, up. Sure,
0: <laughs> sure, absolutely. Have any of those experiences made it into your writing?
1: Uh not that not that not that spider, but the feeling of there's a room you don't want to go in and stuff like that mm-hmm. and having that fear I wanted to create a character that doesn't have that fear. Like Tara doesn't isn't afraid of stuff like that. She's I, a pretty am, tough
0: you know, cookie. Yeah. yeah.
1: I am afraid of I am afraid of uh, stuff like that, and that's why I enjoy paranormal so much. But I always admire people that will just go in these, you know, dark rooms. So I wanted to create a character that's the opposite that has zero fear with that, and that can be her downfall because with the zero fear, then you don't fear the consequences, and sometimes you try to do everything on your own.
0: Right.
2: True story yeah yeah (laughs) i'm that person
1: yeah yeah and
2: it's backfired in in many ways
1: yes tara gets it backfiring and that's a a quality trait you know because i think the best characters have those flaws um so while she's super strong and she's got all this winning thing wanting to do everything on her own is is a big flaw because you don't realize your friends want to help you and they care about you you know and that's that's what she learns over all these books
2: that's amazing. That's a good message. And I mean, if you're if you're somebody like myself or some people that I know, it's it's not real pretty learning that lesson. No, no it's not. <laughs> and point and get, yeah, yeah, and no. getting that message. But at least you can control it. We're just, you know, we're trying to figure it out without any of that. Maybe if I would have been reading your comic, I would have, you know, maybe got a little wiser, a little quicker.
1: There you go. <laughs> Well, there's still time to read it, so you'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: I can always use a little wise. Yeah.
1: yeah Try yeah. to have a moral on every end of the story, you know? Good. A good learning, like He-Man did. He-Man always had a lesson at the end <laughs> of every episode.
2: True story.
0: Right. G.I. Joe did the same thing. They would have those snippets, and now you know, and knowing's half the battle. So Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Did you, I love the, uh, the uh, overdubs. Have you ever seen those, Mike, where they... They take those clips at the end, but they do like weird jokes with them.
0: Right? Yeah, <laughs> pork chop
1: sandwiches. One. <laughs> the
0: They're pretty funny. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, so you do have some samples of of the web comics on your website. Uh, we were talking a bit before the show about it, and it's something that I guess has happened to you, um, you know, off and on over the years. Is that somebody tries to jump on. Uh, the paranormal or the paranormal bandwagon and this is something you have repeatedly have uh, have to deal with so I was hoping you could talk a little bit about that because there are other you know artists and writers out there that you know will have to face this sort of thing Vanessa's had to face it I've had to face it a little bit so you know for others out there you know what did you just recently go through here with you know, with this name infringement
1: yeah, it's an, an unfortunate sign. It's an unfortunate side of things that happen um, when you go to create something original, uh, and it's it's one of the one of the main things I hear when I do conventions and appearances, or I get emails from uh, creators just starting out. They say, uh, when they, when they say they haven't shared anything yet, they're afraid of somebody stealing it. Yeah, okay? and that's like the number one fear. Yeah, and even more so than people not liking it they're afraid somebody will take it. And you just nowadays with how online is you have to just, you have to have find it in yourself to be brave enough and put it out there because somebody will take it. Somebody will attempt to take it. There's going to be knockoffs, you know, and there, and and what they say about ideas is like, there's so many, there's only so many ideas out there, which I don't believe. I really don't believe. I believe there's lots of great ideas. There's twists on things. There's an archetype like the the hero's journey, of course. Uh, But I mean, the, f- the fact that when they say, oh, there's only so many ideas, that doesn't mean uh, just use a title that is trademarked, <laughs> which <laughs> seems to be what some people, you know, sadly make the mistake of doing. Um, I think it's just you have to if somebody does that to you and it's happened to a, um, a lot of my friends, a lot of my artist friends have had this happen. Their art gets used either like that, ripped off the character. I've seen it happen, so it's not just me, so you're not alone when it happens. The thing is, you can't let it make you quit. And you have to dig down deep and go, how much do you love this? Because I guarantee I love this more than they do. And I will outlast, and my character is better because I'm involved in it. You know, and that's the right. thing. You can tell when there's a knockoff, and you can tell when the real deal is there, and that's why we always call Tara the real deal. There's, she's the real Terra normal. And, uh, uh, the My fans and my friends and supporters, they call themselves Team Tara because they really do. And when something like this happens, they get behind me and fight with me and fight for her. And, you know, I, I have fans that I've had cosplay for years. I had, uh, which is an honor. I, you know, I have there's tattoos. People get the tattoos of Tara and her name and, you know, and the Frankie Kitty. And uh, that is so inspiring to me, and I won't. And I get I get numerous emails and messages and about how much she means to them. And even when somebody finds her new, and you know, it means the world to them. I can't quit on that. I can't quit, you know, because it's easy to quit. It's very, it's very, uh, it, it it's uh, seductive to want to quit because it be quitting <laughs> is so easy. Quitting's easy. Uh, believing in something and fighting for it and not giving up is hard. And I'm very stubborn, so I don't give up on this character, you know? I mean, you, as, a, as a writer, you know, you go through yeah. a lot of reflection. And I've never thought of the things. It takes me over 10 years I do these books and to each character. You know, my first comic was Mr. Scoodles, and that was like a 10-year journey right out of college. And then I did Tara, and I do things in between all of them. But Tara's going to continue. We just did our first decade. And uh, it's not just a pitch to me. And that's what I realized separates me from uh, some comics is that millions of pitches and you're looking for that one, it'll click, you know? And I was just like, oh no, this is like my baby. So yeah. when I send you the pitch and you don't believe it, I don't wonder I didn't understand it because I was like younger and I'm like, well, don't you understand? This is what well, we're doing this. So I want you along with it. And that's not how publishing the business works. Like they're used to pitches. So when I find something like this, I really commit to it and I just have to say to other artists is don't give up if this happens to you you're not alone feel free to write me and stuff and just really learn a lot about copywriting copyright everything copyright your. that's very important people just some people don't copyright things which is crazy yeah you you copyright your book when it's done copyright your art when it's done and uh also you know i also you know learning every day about it and what it means and stuff and you have to choose your battles wisely and just remember that because it's 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 another side to it. It's a business side. Oh, um,
0: absolutely. Um, yeah. um,
2: I want to address something real quick that, yeah. that he mentioned um, about the fear of posting the pictures and everything else. And legally, this might not be a big thing. But to a certain extent, posting pictures of your work is like a poor man's copyright. It's time stamped.
1: Once you create something, you have a yes. poor man's you but, and,
2: always have proof of when you did it. Yeah. And that was, that is one thing that, I mean, there in the very, very, very beginning, I was absolutely terrified of posting my work because I was like, damn, you know, what, what if, just like you said, what if somebody takes this?" But now I'm like, oh, I, I dare you. I'm putting it out there. And it's time, it's on my Facebook, it's on my Instagram, it's on my Twitter, timestamped. I can I can prove it's mine, and I know somebody who steals it can't. So for anyone who's watching this and they're doing art, remember that. I and mean, not only should you be pleased and proud of what you've done, but that's your poor man's copyright. That's just something and, to remember.
1: Uh, and yeah, and you want to tell your story. So if you believe in the story, tell it. Because mm-hmm. what's what is somebody gonna find in your house in uh, seventy years and then put it out? You know, you know. I mean. <laughs> It's just part of it. If you have a story to tell, you should share that story, you know? And I mean, you can't, you can't let, like, no it, it hurts every time it'll happen. Trust me on that. But you know what also helps that I know that I'm inspiring people with this and that people do, they have a tough time in their life. They think of her and they keep fighting, you know? And, and my, uh, one of my, my recent book, uh, Float, my anxiety memoir, that truly helped people like. It saved some lives because they went to doctors and realized, oh, I have anxiety. So that's a, you know, that's a huge thing. When your art can affect somebody like that, and I try to always entertain, it means the world to me. And that's the most important thing. True.
0: Yeah. um, I I have a couple of the images here that I've been putting up throughout the show. So I I did include some with Float. Um, There it is. Yeah. Can you go ahead and tell us a little bit more about Float? Because this was uh, pretty personal to you.
1: Yeah, um, that's one where I just went out and maybe overshared, but that's that was the whole point of the project. Uh, Float, I'm very proud of. Uh, I always wanted to do, since I started making books, I always wanted to do something personal like that, like my version of like Pink Floyd's The Wall or something where it's where it talks about uh, mental health. And I think, uh, I have a generalized anxiety disorder, so it would... Since I was very little, I had it. And when I found out what it was that that was causing, you know, the, the panic attacks, anxiety attacks I had, and why I thought the way I did, why would I take things like we're talking about take things so personally, you know, like I, I just oh I would, I'd go crazy thinking about things. And I when I learned, you know what it was, I was like, oh, my God, thank you. I have an answer because I just thought, oh, this is normal, you know, and yeah. I thought behaving that way is normal and you're actually, it's, you know, you're hurting yourself with thinking like that. And um, I wanted to express it because I know there's millions and millions of people that have it. And it's one of those, we're in the conversation of mental health. I think it's, it's one of those things that people can relate to. Everybody has had anxiety, whether you, but the difference is you don't, uh, not everybody has it constantly. So right. they can relate, Yeah, especially this year. I mean, everybody's- Oh, anxiety.
0: sure, yeah.
1: So everybody's getting their taste of it, you know? So I thought it's a great way. First of all, it's a great stepping stone for starting to talk more about mental health. And 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 it's also something somebody they can relate to because they can understand what anxiety is. Some other things, and I don't have it, but schizophrenia would be difficult for me to illustrate for somebody. Number one, I don't have it. Number two, it's just so complicated. And And you've seen like the stuff in movies, but getting somebody to understand it, you know, for real, would be tough. So uh, this is that was a big part of my goal was to make something that would be a stepping stone, and also make it make it like adventurous and kind of make it sexy. Not that having it is sexy, but also it's a mystery story and an adventure. Because I would see people when they drew their anxiety or drew depression in these, you know, online comics you see, and people share them, and it was always like a scribble or a dark cloud. And I'm like, that's not mine. That's not, I can't relate because I get that that's you, but I can't say, uh, I can't, I can't say that I would lose my life and ruin my life and uh, let things come up by a scribble, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, so I wanted to show anxiety as what I see it as, as a, as a charismatic rock star. And that's what you get to see anxiety be. And that's why you'd fall in that. You want to party with anxiety anxiety is in love with you only you and wants you to give up everything for it so in the book Mm -hmm. you see anxiety make one big play for you and try to get you you know yeah that is
2: fucking brilliant (laughs) thank you i'm just gonna go out. i have never in a million years if I was to look at, at a book or a, or a comic strip or anything that has something to do with anxiety, would I have ever seen it in that light? And Thank that you. makes so much sense to me. That Thank makes you. so much sense to me. I Kudos, hats off to you if I wore one.
0: <laughs> because,
2: and the reason I'm saying that is I, I deal with, um, I deal with children all day long. I I have um, pediatric patients all the way up to the age of the day before they turn 21. And then I do see some adults as well. Um, The majority of the kids that I have dealt with for, for almost 22 years in dentistry have been on some type of anxiety medication and antipsychotic medication, mood stabilizers, this, that, and the other. The way you just described that fits that fits the majority of what I see and makes me understand their plight more. Yeah. Because I don't have it. Yeah. Now I can understand that. Wow. Yeah. Fucking that's what brilliant. Book,
1: Thank you. That's what the book uh, main goal was. Even if you don't have it, I want you to be able to read this and understand it. If you do have it, it's made in a way that is, uh, see anxiety has wrecked my attention span and my ability to really concentrate. Sometimes I used to read novels all the time and it's just, you have to force yourself to because you're constantly thinking of other things and it just wrecks that. So this book float was made to be a hundred pages. Be continuous also because you don't just beat anxiety. It comes back. So the book's meant to go front to back and then you start again, it's a cycle. And that's that's what I can accomplish because these are self-published and independent. I can do that. I can make it. So otherwise, you'd have ads, and they'd put other things, and they want to, uh, they right. want to, uh, you know. It's purposely a hundred pages, so it feels it's not intimidating. You know, I've seen some books where they're like, you know, and I respect that you make, you know, five thousand pages, you know, but if it's dealing with a topic like, I can't do a thousand-page book and go give it to somebody with anxiety. Um,
0: I can't. I ha- Just the size of that would make yeah. them anxious. Yeah it gonna kind of give you anxiety, <laughs> yeah. it, you
1: know? And uh, so I wanted it to feel, okay, I can read this. Okay, I can get through this. And also I want you to read it again because mm-hmm. just because he, you know, in the story, anxiety, if it gets, it gets defeated, but he comes back and then it's okay. Cause it's just, that's what happens in life. And that's what happens, especially with generalized anxiety disorder. You'll make the same mistake again. You're going to make it tomorrow and it's okay process is you're not gonna there's no cure but you what is it's it's keeping fighting is the cure you know not giving up
2: you have no way of knowing this but you just eased a huge fear of mine yeah. this is the first time by the way y'all this first time i've ever met this man okay um and then I, after this i'm going to shut up because there's going to be questions um i finished my book diary of a psychic Loser magnet turned it into a mic and it's going to be coming out less than 100 pages um it is very raw, very open, very embarrassing, very, uh, people are going to be shocked when they read it. And it took a, it, it took balls, of solid rock to put that out there. And the reason I did it that way was because I was like, they can go to any bookstore and get a book from a doctor telling them the steps to go through, to try to get past these, these recurring problems they always have based on their own choices. You know, they can, anyone can do that, but it, it's kind of like uh, a drug counselor. You, the best drug counselor is, is a former drug addict, you know, and that's the way I was trying to look at it is I'm putting this out there and telling everybody how I fucked up and my horrible decisions in hopes that they can learn from them and not make, and not make their own. And it's less than a hundred pages. and it's, I was so scared that it was, too little or too much or you know am I the right person for the job or whatever and you just eased that in exactly what you just said
1: oh, awesome yeah I just I just kind of I knew I wanted it to be 100 and uh, I think you know if it ever gets re-released you know they always want it longer than that and that's fine but I wanted my edition the way it was to be told that exactly way because I know that that's just what the story is and that's how it goes and, you know, I got other books that are way longer, you know, and the Terranormal books are always twice that size. But uh,
2: Where can I get this? So when will it be out?
1: Uh, Float is now available at my website. So we're on a little delay due to me, you know, being on a trip. But, uh, you know, at every every book comes signed and sketched by me. So if you order today at my website at hcnull.com, okay. well, then you'll get it, you know, right after July 4th. And I will throw in some extra stuff because you're I- very...
0: <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Because, uh,
2: because I'm very what?
1: Patient because Thank they ship fourth. You, after July 4th. you yeah. know, so order today I will ship after July fourth and uh it'll come with a sketch and a signature maybe and some other fun stuff that I'll pack in there for That's you, uh,
2: awesome. I'm gonna order it because I think it would help me with my patience. I truly do. Uh
1: yeah, I really want to eventually get it into uh colleges and also with therapists and stuff like that because It is meant to speak to everybody that goes through it. You know,
2: that's wonderful. Okay, I'm going to shut up now, Mike. Oh, you're
0: fine, Vanessa. And uh, we do have the link to uh, Howie's website, hcnoel.com, down there in the description on the YouTube video. Uh, Quarantine Ghost has been putting the links in the chat. In fact, uh, she—where is it? A he (laughs) specifically put uh, the link to Float there uh, in the chat. Uh, Thank you. And for those listening to the podcast later it's com. so all right so we do have a number of questions coming in and they uh they kind of go back uh, to your uh copyright fight that you were going on they wanted to know how your uh how you did fight that uh what they were and that was from betty Lange grand folks sharon lang was wondering uh you know what parts that they were taking from you was it the name was it the artwork all of it
1: Well, one of them was a very major publisher and uh, switched a letter in the title by one letter. And uh, then with a, because I've talked about this before, so I'm going to dance around to protect all parties. Sure. But um, it was a pitch specifically sent to publishers through a lit agent. Every road, every step you're supposed to take legitimately. And... I was horrified to find out that nearly page by page contents of the pitch were used in their book. Wow. Along wow. with the title with one letter switched. And that was a very uncomfortable time and horrific. It's actually my nightmare and it came true. So for everybody saying, Oh, I don't know to do this. It literally happened to me. My worst nightmare came true. Um, it's a giant, scary publisher. It's a billion dollar company. And you can go down the route of, say, Tiger King and let wrath uh, conquer your life and ruin your life. Or you can find a way to win by la- lasting and never stopping and always being there and saying, I'm the first. You know, you have to let them know, I'm the first. What you've done yeah. is wrong. I'm here. And see what happens, you know, because um, it means the world to me and it doesn't mean the world to them. So that's what I was going back, you know. So that was my first worst experience. And what you have to do is uh, if something like that happens to you, you know, I have a, I, I, things I never expected. I have a lawyer. I always dug the lawyer. Uh, I own the trademark for Terra Normal. I copyright everything. This is my business. This is what I do. And that's what you have to do. Um, so, you know, putting in terms. You know, and you also have to watch what you say on shows,
0: right? <laughs> <laughs>
1: any specific things, and it could be any billion-dollar company.
0: So could be. <laughs> we'll just we'll just say bleep. You know, the bleep it's, company. Right. Have
1: to be very careful. You know, yeah. and I I uh, get very upset. You know, and I try to I try to handle things personally and politely with a, a letter at first, and you know, it sucks. It's it, like we said, uh, misunderstandings happen and stuff, but man. Uh, that, that's not really you know that's yeah, not that's the way
0: not things a misunderstanding happen. Yeah. no no that's
1: not the way things are supposed to happen i thought it was very disrespectful right and it goes to show that a lot of companies just don't even want to pay the artist and this has happened numerous times throughout mm-hmm. history. and i'm not alone you know hearing from multiple lawyers go uh, they say 80 percent of copyright claims are just insane you know it's where mm-hmm. everybody and he said you're the other percentage and it was just it also made me kind of sad because it would have been a relief if you go, oh, it's not this. You know, that's a mm-hmm. relief when somebody goes, oh, they're totally different. You're okay. Right. And anyway, when you see page by page of a pitch, you know, like this wasn't something I had on my right. website. It was completely different. That's the crazy part. And uh, when you get attacked back for stating it, that's insane. And, you know, and threats are made. And um, wow. But I just say I don't give up. I'm here. I have the, you know, that's that's really what happens. You have to, you have to find it. If that's what, like, pick your battle, and TerraNormal's is my battle. So, you know.
0: Yep. So uh, Judy Wilson was wondering if you ever go on uh, any ghost tours or hunts, and if you've ever gone to any place that's really scared you. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. We actually once a year, and not this year, it's delayed, of course. We do a TerraNormal activity ghost hunt. So we offer like very small groups, maybe, you know, 20 to 30 or something. And just so it's of the readers and we offer the tickets and it's every year. And usually pick a place that's in the tri-state area. And that's really fun because they get to hang out and they'll ghost hunt with us. And uh, it'll usually, we try to get places that influence me and and the books. Mm -hmm. And we, we, we've been fortunate enough to go to uh, Eastern State Penitentiary a couple of times.
0: Oh, nice.
1: Oh yeah. That was one of my favorite locations. I mean, because that's one of the uh, asylums that influenced, uh, terra normal, uh, book one, which is this one. I have this one, a little little, 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 it's this one in here. Uh, I, I stared at so many pictures of that place to actually be in it, it was a big deal for me. And, uh, I love Fort Mifflin, which is located oh, okay, yeah. in Philadelphia and my friend Greg O'Brien, uh, I met him there and uh I believe I met him there, but he's always there. He's always at the fort. And that place has some of the most it's one of the most haunted locations I've ever been to in my life with most personal experiences where do you know the you know the flashlight thing where you you set up the mag light so right. that if something touch it? I'm big on I like doing that and I like setting it up. I got the most interaction ever at this place to the point where it was following me around with the flashlight where we called it flashlight buddy, because I would go at one point I could get with, when it was me doing it, I'd get direct conversation. Like really, really, if I, if somebody would have been filming this stuff, it would have, you know, we did. Yeah. Right. Who would have thought of that? Who would have thought of who would have been smart enough to film it, but I would go, <laughs> are you just messing with me? Ha ha ha. And it blinked a laughter. And then I could go, I want you to turn off. And it would close with my hand and go up with, you know. Oh, wow. And then at the, end of the night, my friend was, they were like, my friend was in the group. He was like, what the hell? I don't, I don't like this at all. You know, and uh, at the end, we were like, why don't you turn on all the lights, you know, make it all different. And it turned on everybody's EVP, the EVP wow. readers. The lights went on. And I had to say a prayer because I was like, how do I make sure this doesn't follow me? I don't right need another friend. I don't you know so even when my wife's like we should try out the flashlight uh, at home I'm like I don't need a friend. No. no that's
0: alright <laughs> yeah not at so, home
1: yeah. flashlight buddy and that was one of that's one of my favorite stories because it got to the point where there was other people in the you know there that night mm-hmm. and they were like could you please make your flashlight turn off because we're looking for like paranormal activity I'm like whoa, whoa, really <laughs> this isn't good for you like I that was hilarious to me that fact that this activity isn't good for you, I'm like, and we, it, we were in the, uh, like, a, this hidden dark area where they, I believe they kept prisoners. And we're in the dark, and we could hear footsteps coming towards us, and I was like, is something coming towards us? And it blinks for yes. So it's that kind of activity, you know? And like I said, the flashlight rolled to me there. It never happened. It was a flat surface. It rolled to me. Okay, it lit up. It did the laughter. Uh, and footsteps, so you can get crazy things at Fort Mifflin. Um, at Eastern State Penitentiary, the scariest thing was the, during the day, the tour. This is what's crazy. Hmm. So it was a thunderstorm. And you know how they say, you know, thunderstorms, breed activity. Oh, sure. We're getting the tour, and it's still light out. And we're just being gripped through. And there we're in, in the main building, and, and, and I've never heard this before, an audible scream. And there's nobody else on that property, you know, just us. And, and it was not like a human-sounding scream. Hmm. It was wow. an, an animal, like something bizarre. Yeah. But a scream, you know. And uh, I was like, "What the hell? Like I've never had, the, you know, <laughs> on my thing." And uh, so I was like, "It's light out. Like, what are we in for with this?" And then also, we're still getting out of the tour, and I hear it uh, right by my ear, right where the beds are. Where they have, they still have the beds there in one area. And, you know, we got a lot of stuff later, but just during that tour, during the light, there's things. And, you know, and that's when you're just getting there. I really love that, that mood because with the rain and the, you know, the light, and it, you know, you can just feel something. Yeah. And
2: We've got that, some of our best evidence or documentation, broad daylight.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's just, it. the nighttime, I guess, probably going to see shadows a lot better, I, I would say, you know, stuff uh-huh. like that. It's the setting feels right there. But, but it, I like ghost hunting because I like the funniness of you're in this haunted Amanda. And we were like flat out, you know, cause we're hours into it. We're like bored. You're sitting in a, right. in a <laughs> mostly haunted asylum and you're like, oh, nothing's happening. But it's funny to be bored. in such a,
0: well, you know, a well, it's, thing. it's different than what they show on the television shows. Cause it compact everything you know, into 42 minutes. But when you're sitting out there, you know, it it is hours and hours and people don't quite understand that. And it seems like, you know, you get like a flurry of activity for a few minutes and then, yeah, you kind of sit there for a while. You get the boring and you're just like,
1: I can't (laughs) believe we're bored in this horrific place, you know, and and horrors happen, and you were scared, you know, shitless earlier. And now you're like, I'm just bored. Hope we don't get hit with by a bat.
0: Yeah. Bats are <laughs> that happens too. Bats yeah. are
1: huge in Eastern State. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's funny to me. I like I like the humor with the paranormal and I like to be still respectful, you know. I know sure. so too I believe in having humor in every situation. And uh, you know, like respectfully, of course. Yeah, you know, there's tragedies that happen in the place, but like sitting there and being when bats, you're more worried about bats, you know, because not ghosts. You don't want to you bats are scary and real. So yeah.
0: bats are pretty. Not yeah. at Eastern now State. Now when they, they swoop down at your head, I mean...
2: They're not, but they're not, they, not, they're when you're not bald. trying to do that.
0: They
1: come for the bald men. They do. No,
2: they come for the insects that you drum they, up.
1: Well, tell me why they teabagged my friend. Oh, well... <laughs> he and, he and I, I don't think he was. My friend Rob felt the uh, soft tickle of the... <laughs> Lower <laughs> re- <his> hairs. <laughs> so I, I I refuse to hear you defend them. <laughs> to him, Teabag by a bad from Rob Machio. teabag bag by a bad. What oh it my is? god! Down in the chat, put F's up
0: for Rob.
1: <laughs> oh God! Chat for <gasps> Rob. His tea bag, very violently. I must say.
0: It okay, so- there, Vanessa. <laughs> No, no, because
2: now so I'm a very visual person.
0: Well, now you saw. And
2: now that is all I can see is some poor fella getting. Imagine
1: being there, getting,
2: getting the drive by. You know, the fly by, the fly by teabagging of a bat.
1: Was terrific.
2: That is awesome.
0: <laughs> One word for it.
2: Yeah. Well, see, I have. I don't it
0: think he long. saw. I don't think he thought it was awesome. I don't think he saw it as
1: awesome. Yeah. No,
0: I
2: didn't. Tragedy. <laughs> Go ahead. You you okay? Uh, no, that All was
0: right.
2: awesome. That just Somebody made me go. super happy.
0: <laughs> so oh. we have some questions uh, um, from Betty Lange, Grandall folks, about your um, kind of about well your origins and then about your writing process. So uh, she was wondering how long it takes you to uh, start and finish a project. She was also wondering at what age you started writing and illustrating and who became your b- biggest supporter.
1: Uh, I I started drawing since I was born. Uh, My mom is an artist also. So in my house, it was always, it was just, that's what we do. We draw and we create. And I was always encouraged. That was a big thing growing up. I was Mm -hmm. always encouraged. And that's so special because going into teach, I had great art teachers through kindergarten, all the way through, you know, college to have people that, would help me grow as an artist. That's yeah. so important. And those people, every step of the way, helped me get there. You know, somebody wasn't trying to undercut me in the beginning. And that's an important thing, you know? And uh, I always tell people that they, when they say their kids can draw, just encourage
0: them. Yeah. Keep them absolutely. That's
1: what they want to do. They're going to keep at it. Cause it's a long life. I knew when I was very little, I wanted to do cartooning. I wanted to draw and, you know, and I just was focused on that. And it's a hard, hard thing. Mm-hmm. But if you will follow through it, if that's your passion, don't give up on it. And, um, and what I start with, I, what I, the ideas will come to me, uh, like, like a movie playing and I'll let them play in there for a while. And then what I try to do is capture what I'm seeing and translate it to these books the best I can so that you can kind of see the movie that's in my head. And hopefully I'm doing, I'm never, it's so good in the head. It's so really, really good up. So I try the best I can and to get it to you guys on the paper. You know, this is my medium of choice. I really, really love this. While I love to watch movies and TV, there's just something you can do with paper because I'm, it's like a magic trick where I'm guiding you and I'm in charge of how long we stay on a page and how much depth, you know, and all the stuff in there and the turning of the page is like, is like the blink in a movie, you know, how you cut to another scene and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. So that's why it's my medium of choice. And really how it begins is because I'm the writer, penciler, inker, colorist, letterer. You're everything. I'm everything. So I can kind of sometimes just dive right in and tell it, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: or I'll type out, you know, I'll have it plotted out and I try to get the ending. I want the ending known. Because, you know, we've all seen things where there's no ending and that's not fun. You know, I want to make sure I have an ending and things can change on the way there. Um, And I found when I write the script out fully, it really killed me because then I was like, oh, man, I just told this story. And that was part of my fun is telling the story. So I don't want it to become like work. And one time I did the full script. And then by the time you're ready to ink, you're like, oh, my God, I'm doing this three times. So I prefer instead of just because it's all here I just I'll mark little thumbnails little thumbnail sketches so I have the plot and I don't lose it and I'm you know as I'm getting older I write down definitely jokes that you want to keep or you know I, 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 I'm I of the fortunate part where I can do that scripting on the paper you know with layers and stuff too so we that's how I'm going about it and um, that's my process everybody with comics it's all different so it's not like a movie script has a format and you do that, you know, because if you do something else, they're gonna be like, "What the hell?" You're like an amateur. But with car- comics, everybody writes differently. Every writer is mm-hmm. different, and I think the important thing is just enjoy it, and don't let don't let the fun the fun be soaked out and have it. It is a job, but don't let it like feel like a job if that's possible, because that's when it really can be brutal if it feels like that, you know. Sometimes. So, are you
2: still pen to paper, or do you do a graphics tablet?
1: I do both. Okay. Uh, I do a mixture of everything. I color everything in Photoshop, uh, but the the iPad is a magnificent, magnificent thing for me, and it's the closest I feel to my inking. You know, it's just the yeah. Apple really replicates. I never liked digital inking before then. I didn't, and now with that, and they have uh, people creating brushes and stuff that match what I want. Um, I really enjoy that. Plus it's quicker. It's very oh, quick. Yeah. And also uh, it's a joy for doing like personal caricatures, which I offer all the time, because uh, if somebody has like a revision or, or jobs, you know, so, cause I've done work for like T-Mobile and Medicare. So, you know, if they have a change, dude, it's not a problem for you to have a change when I have the iPad. <laughs> That's oh, great. Yeah, it's, you know, boom, have,
2: it's done.
1: Yeah. If you have pencil and paper, it could be like, let's go back. If somebody wants to change on digitally, I'm like, yes, we can do that. Absolutely. Let's do it. And that makes it better for everybody. And also for me, I can change stuff because I'm my worst critic and uh, I can reorganize things. We can move things over here, you know, and how it's working. And it's just, it's so much quicker. And I love that we're one step closer to printing when I do it that way or one close one, one step closer to getting it out to you guys when I share it online. Or
2: Absolutely. I'm so, sorry about that, Mike. I, but no, I no, it's fine. No, because, it's, it's a good
0: question. Yeah. And, um, I saw Adam Tillery, uh, our artist for uh, Hunter Road media kind of chime in down there in the chat with a couple of hand claps. So, um, how awesome! yeah. Yeah. Um, but what I wanted to ask you, uh, how he was, I uh, you know, I've noticed, and, and some of the people down in the chat have noticed that you've done some uh, Walking Dead artworks. So, you know, you had mentioned that you're you're basically like a one man gang, and you're doing it all. But mm-hmm. you know, with uh, you know a uh, graphic novel like The Walking Dead, you, you're talking to you know a large team of people. So, how is that you know really different when you have a lot of hands in the mix, and you know versus you where it's just a you know one man show?
1: Yeah, well, Walking Dead is like an amazing creation of robert kirkman and Mm
0: -hmm.
1: i just did uh you know as a fan i did fan art that was luckily embraced by fellow fans and also their social media team is just amazing and i got to meet um i got to meet you know the the, when they're at conventions and just that I all my art thanks to other fans like me and and people helping got it to all the stars of the show which is mind-blowing and to see the stars love it and appreciate it. Be like Norman Reedus. It was amazing. And, uh, Andrew Lincoln. Uh, so that if you're doing a big book like that, now the artist they did have, he would use the artist on that book would also pencil and ink, but he's not going to do the gray tones because the time, you know, you can't yeah. allow that time. And Kirkman's also this, he's the writer, so he doesn't do the art duties, so because he's writing all these other things and he's managing the brand and stuff. But you also have a letter and stuff. That's they've got to get that done in a certain amount of time and to get it monthly. Cause he was very good about getting it monthly. That's why mm-hmm. I was so, so successful with that kind of comic. And and uh they put on a hell of a run. And it's just it's a different ball game. My my things are more in they're that that's images independent too, because it's not marvel in dc but it's a big company Um, mine's more these are like i think of them as almost independent films or rock albums you know something like that where it's a project i'm working on and then i release them as you get them and every other year we do a kickstarter or crowdfunding project you know Mm -hmm. so you know you get that year off after i do it and then we work on something you know or i just keep you updated when they come out and that's how we do it and i try to update i've been updating Uh, The website with uh, my Taps Para magazine comics. So every Wednesday, I put up a classic one, and this tomorrow, right? Tomorrow's Wednesday, so it'll be uh, comic number three. And I'm gonna publish them in the order they they originally printed. So I just like having constant content now. You know, since we've all been kind of stuck at home, so I put all a lot of my comics are on the website. I think it's just very important to. Just let your audience know how you're doing it, and like a giant team like that is something that I found because I did an anthology and it was so. It's not in my skill set to wrangle other people, and I I feel bad being that person because I'm an artist and I I'm not like I can direct a bit as an art director, but I'm not say like a creative lead. That's more something my w- wife can do. Okay, I, she likes to manage and lead. I don't. I like. I get uncomfortable when I'm like. Hey man, where's that 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 comic you agreed to do for my project and because we're artists we did it for free for each other and I'm bothering you now. <laughs> and, you know, you know. Right, right, yeah. And I know how artists are and I thought I'd be equipped, but I just I didn't like being put in that position and I'm more, you know, I still I still collaborate with friends, but it's like so when I do an anthology now it's like, "Hey man, whenever you whenever you want to do this, let me know." And they'll hit me up and then we can do it, you know, and so when I did it for the book as an anthology, I regretted it <laughs> because I knew that's the, I learned I'm like, I'm never gonna do a full book that's just an anthology, it's not my uh, style. But I did it and it, it, it created some world building that's fun. But mm-hmm. I like to do uh, smaller ones now. If I'm doing it, you know, so we're not gonna do like 100 pages of an anthology again. We'll do little ones every now and then and that are fun. You know, I usually do it a lot with uh, Leonardo Gonzalez, who's a great artist. He, he he does a terror story with me. Like, if not every year, every other year, we'll do like a fun one. This year's was the New Jersey Devil. And that's like like six cool. pages on the website. Yeah.
0: So, uh, Tammy Heitzman down in the chat was wondering if uh, you're going to be doing any more of the uh, Walking Dead work.
1: Uh, I, I, you know, if somebody, I know I've done a lot. I went mm-hmm. through like a lot, um, maybe, you know, somebody can always commission stuff if somebody wants something like that, or you never know, like something could inspire me. Like I like the whispers, you know, and stuff like that. So yeah. possibly I put that, I put that page on my website as like, I wanted everybody to be able to go there and see them all, you know, so okay. they could forever be there. And you, you never know, I, I always do them for conventions. Somebody always commissions like a sketch cover and I always do them at those. Or when I go to conventions, I'll always be asked to draw them. So yeah, I'm, I'm always mm-hmm. doing new walking dead art. Um, I don't have the time right now on my own just to be like, Oh, I wish I could. I've been very busy, fortunately, uh, with like private commissions and logo work and, you know, and just finishing this book, but I always like to do fun things. Um, but yeah, if somebody, if somebody comes up and asks me, I'll do it.
2: Yeah. So you're, you're a walking, talking example of you can make a living doing art.
1: Yes, you can. You just got to
2: put the time in.
1: You have have to find out what you're good at, what you can fit in. I, I, I spoke to a class. um, I spoke to a college class about this, that, you know, say I I told them, I don't want to speak to the. Person that's the the class favorite. I want to speak to the person that kind of gets some grift from um, the teachers. You know, maybe they feel like they're not the chosen one. That's who I want to speak to. And I'm like, you don't have to let them make you quit because you can do this. But it's not going to be in the way you think it is. And with social media, you don't have to be the one with like thirty thousand followers or fifty thousand. You know, you can just exist on what you have. And I have, I do. I have learned over time, like what I think is mainstream, like I thought Terranormal's normals mainstream. I didn't realize it's pretty weird to have like a girl, superhero who fights ghosts and stuff. I was like, that's like normal to me to me. That's normal, you know, but they're like, that's niche. And I didn't know comics were niche. So if you're gonna do niche, just recognize what it is. And I, I started realizing, oh man, I guess not everybody like likes Ghoulies too, like I did. Like I thought that was like a- <laughs> or, you know, I grew up uh, watching Commander USA on the USA channel and he was like, he was a guy dressed up as a superhero and he hosted scary movies. And to me, I was like, this, guy, this is what I watched every week. And I'm like, that's my mainstream thing. And I'm like, a lot of people don't know who he was, but I'm like, that was normal to me and mainstream. So it just, you just gotta realize what your audience is. Find your audience and it'll be there and just recognize and take it somewhere and always try to meet new people on the road. That's the cool thing. You know you're doing something special when you see you're getting new people that are joining in, you know, and uh, you can do it. Yeah, it's just depending. It's just like anything. You got to find out how to survive and there's tough times. I mean, there was, you know, you, and and people, you do day jobs, you do all kinds of jobs. You have to, It's that's the reality of the new world. You got to do a bunch mm-hmm. of many little things. Oh yeah, not just one thing. You know, I like I said, how many book different titles? I do caricatures. I do caricatures all the time. I do custom portraits.
0: Uh, yeah, I did want to I, touch on some of your other work uh, that you've done. So I, I I grabbed some of the other uh, artwork off your site here real quick. So um, you know you've done. Oh, there you There's Very Ghost cool. Nation and um and, and this uh, it was a children's book.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and,
0: and I and I have to ask, that's John Tinney standing in the doorway, right? It is him. Yeah, of, <laughs> yeah. I got to draw him
1: for a kid's book. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So you have a, a bunch of other work that you've done out there too. It's not just, you know, Terranormal. Um No. No, you know. I
1: do yeah, that, that was uh the the laser bug and uh uh yeah, those are those are available on Amazon. Those are she wrote it and I did the illustrations for it, which was so fun you know, because she wrote it. So I just come in and draw and it was cool to do. I really love doing kids books and I want to do more of those. And it was cool because it was also paranormal and those were, it's just, they're based on her real life dogs and they were so fun. And she had these great stories. She's really great writer. And I like doing that. And then, um, yeah. So if somebody wants me to illustrate things, I do that too, you know? Mm -hmm. So you just come to me and we do the project. And then also, uh, uh, Ghost Nation, of course, I, I always love working with uh, Jason and and uh, Steve and, and Dave, and uh, we did a bunch of uh, merchandise designs for them for the new show that I think they're launching, and that was fun. I did all that this over this past year and the year before, and uh, that was really great. I love, I've always done, you know, that's how I got started with getting known in the paranormal by doing art, and Jason liked it, you know, and uh, that's what became, like, really, really, really close friends. And it's cool to, for my art to grow. And then you can see how I drew them back then. And now, you know, and changing it and doing stuff like that. I love, uh, I love getting, I've done a lot of paranormal portraits recently, which is awesome because it's a big passion of mine. So when people, when you meet, meet these talented people and you know, these researchers that you admire and you get to draw them, it's awesome. Plus I know that subject. So you can't get me wrong. (laughs) You know, like. I know, it's fun when you know the subject, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you mentioned the, uh, the, the Taps of Pair Magazine uh, artwork that you've done. So, And I always remember oh, yeah. seeing your artwork in that magazine.
1: Yeah, it's, it's so cool that I got to do that. I, I always wanted to do, like, a, I love comic strips. And that, uh, Terra Normal is, like, more graphic novels, so mm-hmm. longer, stale stories. But I, my roots are comic strips. Like I mentioned Dick Tracy before, I love Garfield, uh, Bloom County. So I I always wanted to do a comic strip. So she got to be in the comic strip in that magazine. And uh, she got to ghost hunt with the actual people that appeared on the show. And also I got to spoof like a ton of paranormal movies, you know, like The Exorcist Mm -hmm. or, you know, Terror with the Ring Girl and also Jack Nicholson from The Shining. And so do stuff like that. (laughs) Plus one one issue towards the end I did. uh, You can cut out your own Shadow Man because Shadow Man's in the book. And uh, you can have your own shadow <laughs> person living with you. Nice. <laughs> that's, very, that's very cool. <laughs> yeah. So th- I, I liked getting weird at the end, and we did a, I did a, Baba Duke bookmark. Uh, oh. Duke or yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you can and use them in your if you want to destroy that
2: movie. You. Scared the shit out of me. It's, pretty, it's a sad,
1: it's a sad tale about uh an ex boyfriend, an ex husband who can't get out of the basement. That's how yeah. I think of it.
2: Yeah, it scared the shit out of me And I don't get scared that, that maybe scared the shit out of me
1: Yeah, well, the kid scared the shit out of me I, I would... A little bit The Duke had every right to do what he did I think he was justified <laughs> 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 I couldn't take that kid yelling
0: That, yeah True
2: story, true story
0: Yeah, that kid's I'm... tantrums were off the wall oh.
1: Legendary no. Uh, no wonder he was so angry
0: Yeah <laughs> alright well Howie we're getting down toward the end of the show um, for our guests again where can everybody find you and what do you have coming up I, I know everything's kind of scattered here with, with COVID but what's yeah up? Uh,
1: yeah, that's kind of up in the air as I'm still trying to figure out what's going on in New Jersey I know as far as live appearances I yeah I'm still up in the air about what can do because it's like it's changing you know you can't tell mm-hmm. in the news but you can always find me at hcnull.com um, you can find me on Facebook too at HC and also uh, Howie Knoll is the art page and Terranormal Activity on Facebook is Tara's official page um, look for the official Terra art you'll find her I'm on Instagram at Howie Knoll and on Twitter at HCNOL and I don't tweet much but when I do it's art usually um, and, or going after fake Terras
0: there you <laughs> go yeah.
1: and uh, you, can, uh, you can go to my website and also Terranormal.com. We've got a ton of Terranormal comics on there for you to read because everybody's stuck at home and, that, and we're finally starting to venture out. But I put a ton of them on there so you can see what it's like and then you can get caricatures and stuff from me there. Yeah, so that's. I think that's everything. I think I, I got everything.
2: Very cool. Awesome. Well, I have the book in my shopping cart on your page. I just got to figure out it won't let me go and pay for it. So I'm doing something wrong. So, it I'm
1: it let you pay for it. I don't know, I don't, yeah,
2: yeah. It's not, yeah. So, I'm gonna figure it out, but it's in my shopping cart,
1: yeah. We, I don't, I don't know, maybe refresh your browser, I don't know. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's pretty, yeah, just check the card, it should be there, and you can check out. That shouldn't be yeah. a problem, at all. yeah. Uh, and also, all the other books, uh, the Terra Normal books are all on Amazon, too. So, if you have, uh, if you have Amazon Prime, you can get Terra. And it'll arrive really quickly. And if you go to my site, well, like we said, after July 4th, I'll ship those out. <laughs> but caricatures I'm doing now because I'm on the road and I have my iPad. So we do caricatures yeah. now. Yeah.
0: There you go. There you go. Awesome. So everybody go check out his um, his website, get a caricature, buy the books, all that great stuff. So, oh. Howie, it was great to be able to chat with you and, uh, and dive into Normal and everything else that you're doing. So appreciate you coming on the show.
1: Uh, Thank you so much, Mike. I really appreciate the invite here. And it was was great to talk to you and Vanessa. And I had the best time hanging out. And I hope everybody in the chat did too. I hope you guys enjoy my art. And I hope I talk to you soon. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Take care. Have a great night. Bye.